let's go. Hello, everyone. It's episode three of the Wobcast 2.0. The Wobcast has returned. I'm your host, Mike Wobshaw Wobby, no longer with the Vikings, but still here to talk Vikings with you. And I have a couple of partners to do so. It's Giles, it's Chase. They'll be along for the ride every single episode of the Wobcast 2.0. We are excited to continue the conversation with all of you and follow along as the Vikings unveil the 2022 regular season, and they will do so in style against the Green Bay Packers. Episode three is jam-packed full of preview content as the Vikings get set to host the Green Bay Packers. We'll preview that matchup right away, right out of the gates here in episode three of the Wobcast 2.0. But also in this episode, we'll get into some NFC North and Vikings predictions. We'll quickly preview the AFC North. We did the NFC preview in episode two of the Wobcast 2.0. So we'll do the AFC quickly. And then we'll talk about a little gambling in the final segment. So if you have a little bit of a gambling interest, uh, please stay tuned for segment four of today's episode. We'll unveil a couple of lines that we like, and then a couple of angles that we're going to follow all season long on the Wobcast 2.0. Let's begin things though, by saying hello to Giles and Chase and talking Vikings Packers. Hey guys, how's it going? Doing well. Let's talk some, uh, some cheese head content. No Let's better way. It. Yeah. No better way really to start a season. I don't think than Vikings Packers, we get it every I don't know, four or five years. It seems it's a really good way to do it. You want to save some of those juicy matchups for later in the year when your team hopefully is playing its best and clicking on all cylinders, but no better way to start it than with your arch rival. And for the Vikings, that is the Packers arch rival, number one, green Bay Packers. So it's Vikings Packers. It's the game of the week on Fox guys, the Vikings and Packers catch Fox's number one crew in this game, which a little bit more on that later, by the way, is not Joe Buck and Troy Aikman anymore. It's, it's Kevin Burkhart. Who's uh, play by play. Uh, Greg Olson is doing the analysis. So kind of an interesting uh, change there for Fox. We'll see how those guys do. Anyway, 325 is kickoff Vikings Packers on Fox Packers, one and a half point favorites, minus 125 on the money line. The over under for the game is 48 and a half. So I have some matchups to watch guys. I have a prediction on how the pace of the game is going to play out. And then let's talk about the importance of this game for both teams. But first of all, Vikings Packers week one of this season, your thoughts from a general standpoint as you previewed this game for the Wobcast 2.0. Yeah, 100%. I think uh, this is a really important game because there are tremendous expectations surrounding this team. And uh, right now, no one has tape on on Kevin O'Connell. What, what is he going to do? How is he going to tackle sure. things? You can make an argument that you can follow the Rams playbook and that's what's going to happen. But I think uh, Kevin O'Connell seems smart enough to understand where he needs to put wrinkles and where he can't. But the point is, I don't think people really know how he's going to play the game. So I think we're going to come out of the gates uh, storming. Um, okay. And honestly, I think we're going to do pretty well. But I mean, uh, I think that'll be the biggest storyline is like, what do we take away from Kirk uh, from Kevin? And I okay. think if we do, if we do falter, I think the same thing will get spread throughout the season where I think this will set the, the the trend for what people feel about the Minnesota Vikings. I, I think you're totally right about that, Giles. And you've hit on some things that we've talked about in episode one and two of the Wobcast 2.0 is this, this the Kevin O'Connell uh, regime, so to speak, and its impact on how Kirk Cousins plays relative to the impact Coach Zimmer had 
on the way Kirk Cousins played. So lots of discussion about that in episode one and two of the Wobcast 2.0. We encourage people to go back and listen to those episodes for more on that dynamic. It's certainly an important one, but we're not going to drill down on it right here today in episode three because we've done so already in episode one and two. But you do mention the Vikings offense first, Giles. So let me skip ahead. My number one matchup is something else, and we'll get to that second. But since you mentioned the Vikings offense and you expect them to come out gangbusters right out of the gates, I will agree with you on that if they're on the right side of matchup number two to watch in this game, which is the Vikings rushing attack against the Packers defense. And to me, if, if Dalvin cook and Alexander Madison are ripping off even three and a half or four yards per carry, I think green Bay is in a world of hurt here. And this Mm. is not a novel concept. Oh, really? If you don't stop the run, you're going to give up a lot of points, but it's, it's just not that simple to me. Green Bay's chance of winning this game starts with it becoming cousins versus Rogers. Mm -hmm. If it's cousins and crew cousins and cook cousins and Madison versus Rogers, it's too much. I think for green Bay. So if cook Mm -hmm. and Madison are going here in week one against the Packers, I think it's the purples game. hundred percent. And I think that's where a lot of people misidentify even the Rams, default offense they look at it as this gangbusters they throw a million times a game and it's a very pass heavy offense and although it is a pass heavy offense it's based in the run now that's not necessarily meant to be confused with uh, a kubiak style offense but they run duo uh, which is one of their play styles off of base and I think that will be tough for the Packers to contend with because there's so many different adaptations that run off of duo uh, that I think this is going to be a really scary combination yep all right Number one matchup for me in this game, uh, switching gears, flipping the ball, giving it to the Packers, Vikings on defense, guys, is the Packers offensive tackles against mm-hmm. the Vikings edge defenders. This is this is the Vikings licking their chops and Green Bay buckling up and trying to hold on. Because it's yep. not, I don't I don't think it's gonna be Bakhtari and Jenkins, right? Nope. Okay. Yep. So Both to me, the, the guys, if you fast forward in your brain the season and Green Bay wins the division, they're in the playoffs, like their their offensive tackles are Bakhtari and Jenkins and they're playing. Well, yep. that's that's not what's happening here in week one. No. So this is where the Vikings can ruin the game. And th- this is actually where the Vikings have to take advantage of a matchup. And if they don't, I think they're in big trouble. Yeah, 100%. I think that was even uh, pretty widely displayed at training camp when we were doing joint practices with the 49ers. I think it's no secret that Trent Williams is one of the best, if not the best left tackles in the entire game. And Zedarius Smith had his way with him uh, and a lot of different snaps. And that was just during practice. So I think if you're able to put a uh, more of an inferior lineman in front of Zedarius and uh, Daniel Hunter, for that matter, I think they're going to make hay. Yep. Agreed. All right. Number three, um, one, I'm really excited to watch during the game, but then going back to watch it on tape will be, I, I presume they will travel Jair Alexander to play Justin Jefferson. Yeah. Would you? Uh, okay. Yep. Yeah. So, he's going to shadow almost certainly. I uh, cannot wait to watch that. Yep. Especially with the umph that Justin Jefferson has had this off season, he yeah. demands being number one of himself, um, yeah. which he's one of those guys in the NFL that I actually see him backing that up. I view like Jalen Ramsey is another one of those personalities that like talks smack, but has the ability to back it up. And Justin Jefferson is the top of that list in my opinion. Yep. Yep. Um, So, I mean, and these guys are both, I won't say Jefferson's at the prime of his career yet. I think he's still an ascending player, but I'd I'd say Jair is probably there. So we're seeing 
like two guys who are absolutely clicking on all cylinders right now, and they're going to go at it. Can't wait to watch that. Yeah. Um, all right. So those are the three matchups for me that are, that are vital is the Packers offensive tackles against the Vikings edge defenders. Can the Vikings run the ball? That's number two. And then number three is Jair against Justin. Can't wait to see it. Yeah. Pace of the game to me, what I'm foreseeing is a little bit different than what you alluded to Giles. Okay. To me, it's going to be touch and go early feeling each other out. And mm-hmm. I, I actually think both teams as, as much as these teams are going to pass the ball this season, I think passing attempts is going to be sky high for cousins and Rogers when all is said and done, but Mm -hmm. I think they're going to try to go through the ground here in week one against each other as they're feeling each other out. Okay. I think the Vikings want to do that because they don't want this to be a shootout cousins versus Rogers. They want it to be cousins and the crew against Rogers. I think green Bay is going to do this because they should be afraid of Zadarius Smith and Daniel Hunter. So I don't think they're going to put, Rogers on five and seven step drops uh, right out of the gates. So I no. see a lot of runs early. I see the clock moving. I see some punts. I see possessions that go six, seven, eight, nine, ten 10 plays and end in field goals. If Rogers is protected well, then I think Green Bay opens it up and now it becomes a high scoring game. Mm-hmm. If Rogers is not protected, I think Green Bay goes into this mode that the Vikings were in in like 2016, 17, and 18, where you're just trying to shorten the game all the time with a, a mm-hmm. good defense and a good running game. That's what mm-hmm. Green Bay will do if they yep. can't protect Rogers. Yep. Um, if Cook in the run game is productive for the Vikings, this game turns into a shootout and Green Bay's in big trouble. Yeah, period. Yeah, they don't have the ability to, or they don't have the receivers to be able to match that, period. I, I don't think so, at least not yet. And, and they no. might develop that over the course of the season. But if this is a game that's in the 60s, 60s um, I don't think that's great uh, for Green Bay if the Vikings are getting there because of the running game. Um, mm-hmm. So we'll see how it unfolds. You, you hit the nail on the head, Giles, with the importance of the game to both teams. To me, for Green Bay, it's one of 16. Maybe it's like one and a half, like because it's still mm-hmm. the Vikings and it's week one. Yep. You know, but we've seen this team lose a game in week one, get killed in week the, the Packers and come back and have a great season. Um, look, look, they host the Bears next week on Sunday night football. So mm-hmm. that's their arch rival. Um, yep. So I don't think they're going to get too worked up about this game, win or lose. I think the Vikings will almost feel like they won a playoff game if, if they win this game. It's a, it's a big deal for them. And a loss in this game puts their back against the wall as they go to Philly in week two on Monday night. I completely agree. I mean, this is over amplifying it, but I think it'll feel like a Super Bowl loss if we lose this game because mm. of the expectations that I mentioned before. If we lose, I think a lot of people will question the entire offseason construct of how we built this team. Sure. Like, did we make the right decisions? We didn't even win this first game. Uh, I think people will potentially blow it out of proportion. So I think yep. it's very, very important that we get a W here for a variety of reasons. What you mean? On Monday, things will get blown out of proportion in the NFL. No way. <laughs> that would never happen. All right. Um, let's go to our predictions. NFC North standings and some Viking-specific predictions. Uh, let me let me run through for you guys where I see it uh, finishing, and then I'll sort of turn it over to you guys and let me know where you see it differently. I'm going to go the Packers and Vikings with 11 wins each. They finish the season with the same record. The Bears... Uh, we'll be in the cellar at six and I'll put the lines in the middle with nine wins. I think I'm a little high on the lines at nine. It could be eight. Um, 
And I, I think I'm probably a bit too optimistic on the Bears. I actually think they're one of the worst teams in the NFL. And I think they'll be in the running for the top pick in the draft. So to me, six is like their absolute ceiling, probably more like four or five. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's how I see it going. I see Vikings and Packers neck, neck and neck. And I just see Green Bay winning in some sort of tiebreaker and winning the division. So that's how I see the division unfolding before I take it a step further and going to the playoffs. Am I in the ballpark with you guys, or are you going to rubber stamp the Vikings as division winners? Is this the year that it, it gets overturned? Nope. I think, uh, I think you're spot on. Although I might see the Vikings winning, it will definitely be close. Um, I think the, the Packers are too good for themselves just to completely train wreck. But with that yeah. being said, I, I do view the, the Vikings uh, emerging victorious, but I think it'll be close. I think it'll come down to the last few games of the season. Chase, Vikings, Packers, head-to-head. You know, I'm giving it to the Packers. I've just I've yeah. been watching them for about 10 years now, and every time I've doubted Aaron Rodgers, and every time he's proved me wrong. Um, I don't even want to refer to them as the Packers anymore. I just want to say Aaron Rodgers, he can make a Walmart cashier a Pro Bowl wide receiver. So, you know, I just, I think Aaron Rodgers is incredible. I think they're going to win the division. And you know what? There's wild card. That's okay. Yeah. That, that's kind of how I see it unfolding too. So let's go next level here and get into the playoffs where I think the Vikings and Packers will, will both be. I see the Packers as the two seed. I think the Vikings will get the five seed. If there's some sort of small variation there, and it's Green Bay and the Vikings in the first round of the playoffs, I think it'll end there for the Vikings. But if the Vikings get some other team in the playoffs in the first round, I think they're going to win a playoff game this year, um, probably in the wild card round, and then we'll see where they're at in the division around. That's my expectation. Yep. I think their ceiling is higher than that. Mm-hmm. Um, their floor obviously is sort of what it was last year. I, I don't think it, it'll get any worse than that. Um, no but their ceiling is winning the division and having home field. I mean, they, they, it's a roster that could do that yep. to me. I think there's enough holes in Tampa Bay. I think it's close enough with the Vikings. And I think Super Bowl hangover can be there for the Rams that the ceiling for the Vikings is to do that. Mm-hmm. I don't think they will. Um, but I think they'll win a playoff game this year. Boom. Yeah. Honestly, uh, when you, when you contrast the, the 2021 Vikings, both on offense and defense, I think you're absolutely correct. We have the the positional units to be able to go further than we do and maybe win a couple playoff games, maybe get to the NFC Championship game, um, where I fully expect the Vikings to be top five in scoring. Because the last few seasons, we have not had an equal commensurate uh, uh, yards and scoring type offense. Like, for example, in 2020, um, I believe we were fourth in yards but uh, 11th in points um, where we were able to move the ball pretty effectively especially on the ground but when it came to scoring in the red zone we couldn't make it happen when the team or the other team knew that we were going to try to pass the ball right so I think you're going to see a much more uh, even keeled uh, metric between those two and I'm expecting for that to be top five and I think honestly last year before uh, uh, Daniil Hunter got hurt we were number one in pressure rate on defense, number one in sack. Mm. Like we were doing very, very well. And that yeah. was without Zedarius Smith. So if you bring both of those people together, I expect our defense to make hay. The part that they obviously need to improve is on the two minute stretches. Um, we gave up an historic amount of points and yards for that matter during those times. So I think that'll get cleaned up. And I think we're at least average uh, when it comes to the defense um, across yards and points. But I do, I do think they could crack the top 10 if they luck into it right. Yep. 
Um, to close the loop here on Lions and Bears, I think the Lions are in no man's land um, because of their quarterback. Like we talked about in episode two of the Wobcast, where you are with Kirk. Goff and Kirk are not in the same um, sort of tier. I mean, Kirk is is much better, but mm-hmm. you're kind of in the same position where you're. I don't think you're going to be bottom of the barrel with Goff. So I don't think you can go get the best quarterback in the draft, but you're not going to make the playoffs with him either. I know yeah. the Rams did, but what the Rams had around Goff was so much better than what the Lions have around. So I think the Lions are sort of in no man's land. We'll have to take the next step of quarterback. I think the Bears probably have their their quarterback, but they don't, really don't have anything else. So I think they're in line to be uh, in competition for one of the top picks in the draft. Yeah. Um, all right, let's go to the AFC. A quick preview of the better of the two conferences is the AFC. It's loaded. couple of questions. Are we sure Buffalo is the clear-cut top team in the AFC slash in the league because that's the hype they're getting. And I am not sure if I'm there. That's a great question. Honestly, I I walked into this conversation thinking the bills is number one, but now that you're mentioning it, I think they do have some holes on, on the, on the roster for reasons that we don't necessarily have to get into on this podcast. I think they're going to struggle on special teams, which people do not care enough about um, and yeah. having that type of transition at this point in the season, right before the season starts, having that type of adjustment on special teams is going to make an impact, whether you like it or not, that's going to have a tremendous impact on field position. And I think they're going to struggle out the gate uh, on the ripple effects of that. Decision. Yeah. I just, I think Buffalo's good. I, I believe in them. They're, they're one of the, like they're a Super Bowl contender and I would yep. not argue that. I just think they're, they're getting there's not enough just noise out there about maybe it's Kansas city and Buffalo's second, or maybe it's Cincinnati and Buffalo. Like no one is saying that. So I just think it's, they're skating by a little too easily. Yep. Um, another thing I sort of kind of take exception to a, a common narrative is that all four teams in the AFC West could win the division. Yeah. I think all four teams in the AFC West are good. And all four could make the playoffs, but I don't think all four could really win the division. I think it's either Kansas City or the Chargers, really. I completely um, agree. I think the Raiders, although they have a good roster, I don't see see them going the distance. Okay. Um, the AFC North, to me, is very interesting. We'll be excited to see how that unfolds. Mm-hmm. Just with all the stuff going on in Cleveland, I think Baltimore is not getting enough credit, and I think people – are like, oh, Cincinnati, that was cute, but they don't think they can really do it again. So I just think mm-hmm. there's just a lot of interesting, like to me, that's just like a bunch of wrapped Christmas presents that we get to unwrap this year, and I can't wait to see what they are. Yep, because if we end the season and you told me that any one of those four teams won the won the division, I would not be surprised. Agreed. I, I agree with that. Like I would be more surprised if the Broncos won the West than if any team in the North won it. Completely agree. I think people you know, are sleeping on the Steelers uh, because they have a question mark at quarterback. Yes, I, I agree with that. Uh, and I, I know we could some some might want to draw a line through the Browns because of what they got going on at quarterback, and then Watson gets back. But can you expect Watson to be that good? Right. I, so, but it's still Deshaun Watson, yep. and I think the Browns are a team with a really good roster. Also, mm-hmm. um, a lot like the Eagles, where it's like, yeah, you don't know about the quarterback, but the roster is really good. Yep, and my boy um, Kevin Stefanski is leading the charge. Right, right. Um, I'll, I'll never bet against Kevin. Uh, last thing, AFC-wise, uh, before we get into division winners and wild cards, is Matt Ryan to the Colts is a big deal. 
Uh, and like dark horse to I, win the Super Bowl, in my opinion. Yep, uh, I think they're in the conversation. Okay, division winners. I will go with the Bills, Bengals, Colts, and Chiefs in the West. I think the only one that I would question you on, and I don't know if I'd even really question it, would be the Chiefs. I think if anyone's going to beat the Chiefs, it's the Chargers um, because the Chargers have a stacked lineup. They arguably have the best roster in the NFL. Um, I mean, that's debatable, but at least in my opinion, they're they're a stacked team. I'm a big fan of Brandon Staley. He's very aggressive. I think that'll pay off in this this, uh, current modern uh, NFL. Um, So I think if anyone's unseating the Chiefs, it's the Chargers. Chase. Um, I'm looking more at the north there. Um, I I like the Bengals. I think I, I think Joe Burrow is a great player. I think there's gonna be I know they didn't win the Super Bowl, but I think there's gonna be some kind of aspect of um a Super Bowl hangover. Um mm-hmm. just kind of I just don't know if they can do it again. Um, but I do really, 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 really like the Ravens this year. Yeah. Um there's a lot of controversy about Lamar Jackson. I think Lamar Jackson's great. He's got Mark Andrews, he's got Rashad Bateman, he's got a couple guys he can throw to now. I don't know. I, I, I think the Ravens could be really good this year. I, I like them too. And I had Lamar Jackson, I think at eight in my top 10 quarterbacks in the NFL. Mm-hmm. And he's mm-hmm. remember we, I can't remember who it was. Oh, it was Josh Allen who I had fourth. And I'm like, ah, if I had to move him, I'd move him to three before I'd move him back to five. And with yep. Lamar, I'd move him up to seven before I moved him back to nine. Like, sure. mm-hmm. you know, and you have that unique element of like, it's not like playing any other quarterback. You, you, have to get ready for an offense that really no other team can really run like the Ravens mm-hmm. can. So I like them and I have them as a wild card team, Chase. So respect for the Ravens. Um, mm-hmm. I have the Titans as a wild card team and the Chargers as a wild card team. So Giles, I know you said you could maybe make an argument for them in the West. Mm-hmm. Uh, so maybe it's the Chiefs who are the wild card and and the Chargers are as the division winner. But one one of those two teams will win the division. The other will get in as a wild card, and we'll see what happens with the Broncos and Raiders. Uh, both playoff worthy rosters with playoff worthy quarterbacks. Mm-hmm. The Raiders actually made the playoffs last year. Let's not forget that, right? Mm-hmm. So if you're a Raiders person, you're just sitting here like these morons don't even know what they're talking about. They like they actually made the playoffs last year and they're saying <laughs> the Chargers who didn't make the playoffs could win the division and the Raiders couldn't. We see that. We know that. Um, it'll be interesting to see how though each team's division record in the AFC West too. Like how do they beat each other up? Does one team sort of rise above the others? That'll be inter- interesting to see out there. But the AFC is absolutely loaded. Um, not doesn't mean that conference will win the super bowl the an nfc team that emerges may well be the favorite in the super bowl but the competition is just a little thicker i think in the afc Agreed. all right let's close the show out here uh with a little gambling talk uh gambling is not for everyone uh but it is for some people and it's certainly an element of the of football that you're going to see more and more you're going to see more and more of it in pregame shows and um networks are going to incorporate into their broadcasts so we're going to talk about it a little bit here uh, on the Wobcast from time to time. Um, let's go through a couple of angles that I'm excited to watch all season, and I'll do my best to chart them, and we'll check in on them every few weeks. Okay, guys? Here's the first one. Teams who did not cover the spread last week and are playing a team that did cover the spread the week prior. So this is playing on the parity in the NFL and the fact that the public sees a team that did well last week and then bets on them in the next week, or yep. the public sees a team that didn't do well last week. So they don't bet on them the next week. And then the value that you can attain by capitalizing on those two things coming together. There we go. I like okay. that. All right. 
Hopefully the Vikings are on the right side of that spread, uh, literally and figuratively. <laughs> I hope so too. Yeah. Um, okay. Another one. And so- someone who I follow on TikTok, and I'll unveil him um, in the next time we talk about this, and we'll see how this angle does for him the first couple of weeks. But when a team is favored, let's say like Green Bay is favored by one and a half mm-hmm. um, against, against the Vikings, the debate you always have is, oh man, I think Green Bay is going to win. But I don't know, like maybe I just take him on the money line instead of laying the points. His theory is 65% of the time, the team that wins also covers. So always lay the points, which you win more back on your bet if you give up the points as opposed to just picking them to win if it's a favorite. So he's saying always lay the points. And then he also says, if you think the underdog is going to win, the debate is always, am I going to take the points? It's like, I think they're going to win. They could win. Ooh, but you know, they're, they're underdogs by seven points. So I'll take the seven points. His point is don't do that. Just take them on the money line. Cause you might get them at one and a half to one or two to one. So I'm going to follow this too. always okay. lay the points. If you're taking a favorite and then never take the points. If you're taking the dog, just take the dog to win straight up. All right. All right. And then the last and final one is I got a little bit of contrarian in me from time to time. So I want to find on these point totals, the yeah. highest point total of the week. So let's say it's the Rams and Chiefs and it's 53 and a half. And I want to yeah. play under that. So the highest of the week, and I want to play it under. And then the lowest point total in a week, let's say it's the Jags and the Bears and it's 36 and a half. And then play the over on that. Okay. Yeah. All right. So those are the two angle or the three angles that we'll follow all season. Um, last thing we'll do here as we talk gambling is lines that I like in week one. So I'm going to tell you what I like, and you tell me if you'd be on board with me or if you would bet against me on these. All right? Yeah, let's do it. All right. Los Angeles Rams are hosting the Bills. This is the game that kicks off the season. Everyone on the Bills. Bets, total bets, Bills, and money all on the Bills. I would like the Rams to win the game. Rams on the money line, you get them at plus 115. And this is the contrarian in me where it's like more times than not the house wins. That's why those casinos are so big in Vegas. Yep. Right. So I like the Rams to win the game here. When you're p- filling out your pick sheet, guys, are you taking the bills or the Rams? You said it's at Ooh. SoFi. Yep. Rams. I'm picking Rams too. Honestly. Okay. All right. Yeah. So you guys I think it'll be close, it. but yeah, so do I, I think it's going to yep. be a great game. I think mm-hmm. it's going to yep. be a great game. But I think the Rams will come out on fire. Um, yep. And mostly this is me going against the grain because the public is all over the bills. And anytime I see that, I kind of tend to jump on the other side. All right. Yep. Here's one. I think Giles will be on board with me on this one. <laughs> Eagles minus four at Lions. Love the Eagles to win this game. And I'm happy to lay the four points. I think they're going to win by more than four. I completely agree. Could not agree more. Eagles yep, all the way. 100%. 100%. I'm very was, high on the Eagles. I, I get it. It's They're on the road. It's week one, and the Lions were on hard knocks, and they aren't up like the arrow is pointing up on them, but I, I can't I can't see the game being a four-point game or better for the Lions. I think the Eagles win fairly easily. Um, yep. Okay. Another favorite on the road, another road favorite. Baltimore at the Jets, favored by seven. I'd lay the points there and take the Ravens to win by more than seven at the Jets. Honestly, I'm going to agree with you again. I think the the Ravens got it. I think the yep. Jets yep. still have at least one more season before they're 
even remotely relevant again. Okay. Yep. Two more to go. One's an upset special. Um, the one that is not is another favorite. It's Denver minus six and a half at Seattle. Op- Russ Wilson opens the season at Seattle. Denver favored by six and a half. I think they win by seven or more. I agree. I agree. Yeah. I will never bet on, or I will never bet with a team with uh, that has Drew Lock on their roster. Tough. Yeah, that's oh. tough. One. All right. <laughs> I'm sorry. Yep. And last it's a revenge one. game. Yeah. Russell Wilson. Yeah. He's got. Yep. All right. Last one. Upset special. Jags at the Washington Commanders. I'll take the Jags plus one thirty-five. Doug Peterson, Trevor Lawrence get something going against Carson Wentz and the Commanders in Week One. Hmm. I think this is where we disagree. Yep. I think I go commanders here. You both like the commanders over the Jags. All right. I got these written down. You guys are on board with me on all of them except the commanders and Jags. So we'll see how that one unfolds. Mm -hmm. And we'll follow some of these angles and some of our predictions when it comes to gambling from time to time here on the Wobcast 2.0. All right, guys. Any final word, Vikings Packers, before we wrap this thing up? No, let's go chase the championship. That's right. sir. That chase in 2022 begins for the Minnesota Vikings in earnest this week as they welcome the Green Bay Packers to U.S. Bank Stadium. Remember, everyone, that game is 325, not noon. Week one, Vikings-Packers, 325 p.m. Central Time. You can catch the game on Fox. And just as importantly, you can catch reaction and analysis of the game right here on the Wobcast 2.0. Almost immediately following the game, we'll take some time to collect our thoughts, but we'll be back at you with episode four of the Wobcast 2.0, the Monday after Vikings Packers. So make sure you stay tuned for that. You can find the Wobcast 2.0 wherever you find all of your favorite podcasts, Spotify, Google Play, Apple Podcasts, Amazon Music, anywhere you find podcasts, you can find the Wobcast 2.0. You'll find us for this episode, and we hope you find me, Giles, and executive producer Chase for many more episodes to come. You can also follow us on YouTube where you can get a visual version of the Wobcast 2.0 as well. As always, reach out to me, interact with me and us on Twitter. I'm at Wobby on Twitter. You can also email us at therealwobcast at gmail.com. Send us uh, content ideas for segments. Send us your predictions. Send us your thoughts. Something we said you disagreed with. A question you have about the team. Whatever it might be, we encourage you to email us or tweet us so we can incorporate it into the show. On behalf of my co-host, Giles, and executive producer, Chase, this is Wabi signing off for now. Skull Vikings.